You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Well, the Texans won, or I should say survived another week and somehow end up at 500 after three games, 20-13 to 13 the final. They beat the Bills thanks to a Nate Peterman pick six to Jonathan Joseph. We're going to break this down shortly. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast, along with co-host Brian Patterson from Fanside. It's houseofhouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And we got a special guest for this one. Michael Rosenhaus, who covered the Texans for CW39. And Michael, I'm going to start with you because uh, just to get another point of view, another perspective on this whole thing, but it's the third win in a row. And somehow I left every one of these last three games not very satisfied. It was like a bad meal that I was like, man, I just, there's something missing. It's just not right. Yeah, you may not have gotten the dessert you wanted, but the bottom line is you get the win. So you just have to take it. But it's not this feeling that you watch the Texans and you think, oh, yeah, these are a Super Bowl. This is a Super Bowl contending team. It doesn't feel like that. But look, they needed to get the wins. They were able to beat Indianapolis. You know, they they survived last week as well. And then here they beat the Bills. I mean, if you lose to the Bills, it's just brutal. And the fact that Nate Peterman was in the game and the Texans had a possibility of losing, you just cannot do that at home against Buffalo, who is not a good team. But, hey, look, you got the win, so a win's a win. That's what Bill O'Brien will say, I'm pretty sure. He'll say something to the effect of, look, uh, it's the National Football League and it's hard to get a win, and we got oh, a win. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And somebody's going somebody's gonna to question me at the press conference. I don't know who's going to, you know, ask him the tough questions, but it's just going to be smart alecky, as we, you know, expect. And uh, I just wanted to know, What's going to tick him off this time and, and how he's going to answer the questions? Oh, he'll be in a good mood. They won. You know he'll be in a, in a better mood. But, uh, boy, it, it helps when you face the Buffalo Bills because what was it, like 11 penalties? A special Their special teams was a disaster. It seemed like every special teams play that Buffalo had, there was a penalty. And that's something that a lot of Texans fans are used to because you see that all the time with them. But it was it was bad. <laughs> that was bad from Buffalo. Got to give some guys credit, though, on special teams. Uh, here's a name, Brian, that I don't think you and I have even mentioned yet. But uh, somebody named Tyrell Adams uh, blocked the punt. Brennan Scarlett yeah. recovers it. Uh, so Brennan Scarlett recovered uh, two balls on special teams. He recovered a, pumble, a fumbled punt, and then he recovered the uh, block punt. So it was, a, it was a good day for Brennan Scarlett. But Tyrell Adams, who's just this guy they picked up, I guess he was act, was he act, activated last week, Brian? Is is that right? They just picked him up off the street uh, two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. I think we just got this guy. You know, it was one of those signings. I was like, well, you know, it, he might come in and help. He's just a body, but maybe he's more than that. I'm just, I, I was just amazed that he was able to you know go out there and do that on just such short notice. You know, everybody is trying to make their mark in this league. And uh, that was a key play uh, for Adams. I, I really do have to agree there. University of West Georgia, wherever that is, that's where he came from. And wow. he's, he's an undrafted guy, bounced around uh, since 2015. But, yeah, I mean, he helps you. He's a big part of them getting a W in this game. And Buddy Hal, the running back that doesn't run the ball, apparently, can't run the ball, even though the running game stinks. Uh, he does make a nice play uh, on the opening kickoff, and and that caused a fumble. That was almost the Texans. I mean, there were so many 
areas where you go, man, it's so good that the Texans are just playing somebody more incompetent than they are. You know what I'll say is that the Texans offense, we know it wasn't great today, but the special team stepped up and the defense stepped up. And that, I mean, you have to say that that won the game. I mean, I know there was the big pass interference play in the end zone that eventually gets them toward the field goal to tie it up. But I mean, you get those turnovers on, on defense, you get big time special teams plays, the block punt gets changing the field position. Those things are huge. And so often you've seen the Texans where two phases work, one isn't, and rarely is it that special teams works. And I think that is a, that is a credit to the coaching staff. It finally looked good today, but you, as you mentioned before, it looks you have to check out who they're playing as well. And Buffalo is just not very good. Yeah, apparently the DVOA rankings, if you follow football outsiders, they have DVOA rankings. And it's a it's an interesting way, really in depth. Uh, a lot of work they put into grading offense, defense, special teams and the Texans. Believe it or not, they've been top 10 most of this year on special teams. They've looked good. This isn't your older brother by one year's Texans. You know, they, they, they've looked pretty decent and you got to give them credit. They, they've made some progress in that area. I mean, there hasn't been anything noticeable, huge, hugely noticeable, I would say until this game, but this game, uh, you started to see it. I mean, with a lot of help from the bills given, I mean, what did the Texans do when the ball hits the re- the uh, return guy right in the belly and he just fumbles it? I mean, that's not them, but they, they blocked the punt. I mean, you got to give them credit for blocking a punt. So, I mean, that was good. It, you know, it's funny, Michael, because I was looking at the whole, you talk about the defense and what they did the whole game. It was, Oh, the defense has looked good. But then when it's all said and done, Total net yards, the Texans still gave up 229 yards to only gaining 216 net yards for themselves. So uh, as good as the defense seemed to look the whole game, again, there was a a couple of weird plays. And, you know, just, Brian, I'm so tired of that zone defense in the fourth quarter. You've heard me gripe about it, but they get to that third and long, third and 15. You got Nate Peterman at quarterback. And you got these terrible receivers. They go into his own defense and he picks up an easy first down. And, and I mean, that could have been costly if it wasn't for the pick six. You know, on the telecast, uh, the broad, you know, the broadcast had mentioned that. I mean, why why do you have to go into zone? I mean, you're giving you're giving those guys too much respect. Guys that you know are just trying to make names for themselves uh, in the league. No, you go up man to man with those guys and you make them work for it. You make them earn it because Nathan Peterman, he's eventually going to make mistakes, as we saw toward the end of the game. And you know, we come out the victor. But but that that's the whole situation there. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm convinced that every Texans fan that was at that game, if you had asked them to name the top three Bills receivers, they could have done it easily for sure. You guys are wrong. (laughs) Bills receivers are stellar. Uh, James Lofton, Andre Reid. Let me think. Uh, No, we got to talk about the Texans O-line in a bit, but uh, you know, uh, get get all your NBA previews this week uh, at Locked On NBA. Our partners over there, six t- teams a day, five days in the week, 30 teams previewed from the local experts of Locked On NBA. We're almost there. We're almost to the start of the NBA season. You want to follow Locked On NBA on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can even tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On NBA. And Brian, we got to talk about my bookie and boy, it's the place to go if you want to bet, but if you're betting on the Texans to win by 10 against the Bills, 
I thought you would have been crazy. I, I just I would never bet on the Texans to beat anybody by 10 points this year. Come on, man. <laughs> yes, I, I totally agree. I mean, if you think you can make some money off the Texans or if you'd like to put a few bucks on a few games this week, go to mybookie.ag. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in business for years, have great reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the biz. If you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on deposits over $100. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer and visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you wait until 6 p.m., you can get an extra $25 in free play by using promo code LOCKEDON25. Go ahead and wait until after dinner and take the extra money. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, Michael and Brian, and if you just uh, didn't catch it up the beginning, Michael with CW39 covered the Texans for years, but we got to talk about the offensive line because I thought it had taken a big step forward last week against the Cowboys. This week, it backslid. It's not just a talent issue with these guys, Michael. It's communication, chemistry, teamwork. I mean, it's everything. They they just don't seem to get anything right. And, you know, I I just keep... uh, You know, I keep hoping that maybe they'll start to, you know, have like a slow progression upward. And I like the fact that Davenport was back playing left tackle. But then he looked terrible after looking halfway decent against the Cowboys. And boy, we we need to go into a bunch of these guys, I think, because I've got thoughts on all all five offensive linemen. Well, I'll just say that I I think that your optimism is really nice and you think that they're going to get better. But I just don't have that same opinion. I think that it's a very tough. I, I know that. The theory is that offensive linemen, and the more they play together, the stronger we'll get together. But I don't even remember what good offensive line play for the Houston Texans looks like. I mean, it's been a long time. And then, I mean, maybe I'm just scarred from last year, but like you just get worried about who's going to get injured and then what guy they're going to end up throwing on the line next. I know what that this offseason they tried to get Nate Solder and they tried to show up the offensive line and, you know, Solder hasn't been great for the Giants, but they have to invest in that offensive line next year in the draft in free agency. They have got to put some more into it. If they don't want, if they want Deshaun Watson to be successful, I mean, watching like you talked about, Deshaun has to be a better decision maker and there's different things that O'Brien can do and all this stuff, but man, he's just getting hit, 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 hit. And that leads to all these fumbles and, and poor play. So I'm not sure how much the offensive line can do to get back, but they do need to do something quick, but I'm not really sure that they can. I don't think they tried to get Nate soldier hard enough. I don't know if it was that they were worried about, okay, we're going to have to pay clowny or, you know, we might have to give merciless an extension. You know, that was, that was a rumor, you know, right up until, you know, the start of uh, the season, you know, that he was going to get an extension too. So I don't know what the deal was, but um, you should have went on and just paid the money because look, we're suffering right now uh, at this time. And I just honestly don't think they really were, 
that was like their objective because they were thinking about other things. They had other priorities. But talking about the offensive line, there's also one to say Senio Calamante had a horrible game. That whole left side was weak. And, you know, he was allowing sacks, too. I mean, guys were just rolling right by him. And, you know, he was just getting spin moves down around him. He looked like a turnstile because there was one play where, you know, he was covering somebody and he went like a 360 all the way around. And I'm trying to figure out what the heck happened to him. I guess they're so quick. And Kyle Williams was getting around there. Phillips as well. You know, they were able to get through that left side. That was a weakness. Also, another thing. Can somebody coach snapping to Nick Martin? Look at the positioning that we had. I mean, it, I think the play would have went off a lot smoother if, if, if he had practiced it. I mean, he and John Weeks maybe need to sit down and just have a session and just you know talk about snapping because uh, you know you would think that with him being you know in the league and with his experience in college that he would just be a better snapper. But there were some bad snaps that occurred, uh, especially you know during the first half. Yeah, Nate Solder, you could say he, he didn't, he's not having that great of a year, but I mean, he's still just light years. His, his overall passing grade after five weeks, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, is at 76. And I mean, the, the Texans left tackle spot, I mean, I don't even want to look at what they have passing wise from there. So it, it's yeah. pretty pathetic. And Brian, that's something I wanted to get into. And by the way, you said left side with the line. How about right side? How about middle? How about, uh, uh, you know, the running back blocking tackle? I mean, it was all pathetic. I mean, Lamar Miller whiffing, uh, you know, the, the, our running backs can't seem to block anybody. I mean, they're back there. It's like your job is to pick up a blitz and they just look like they're a deer in headlights. But let's go to Nick Martin because, you know, He's stepping, like you said, stepping on Deshaun's feet under center. He's making bad snaps. And it's it's to the point where they seriously need to consider putting Mance at center or even yeah. Martinez Rankin because Rankin, he's played that position. He's bigger. He's stronger. At least he could run block a little bit, I think. Um, maybe it's too much to put on his plate this early, but... You know, Nick Martin, he's not the answer. And there, there's no there's no real debate when they took Nick Martin in the draft. But he just looks like a below average center at this point. And guys, I just don't see the potential in him. I think they're going to have to look at just moving on. It was a, second, a high second round pick that everybody was all in on when they drafted him. Greg Mance was always a better center than he was a guard. And, you know, because, you know, we put so much of investment in Nick Martin, uh, that's why, you know, Greg has just, you know, spot filled in for him when he's gotten hurt or he'd be playing guard somewhere. But uh, remember when he had to start at center, you know, through the seasons where Nick Martin was hurt, which has been <laughs> most of them, 2016, um, he was, you know, pretty much hurt the whole season. He played most of 2017, but got hurt toward the end. Greg Mance had to step in. That's why he's got a three-year deal if I'm not mistaken. And um, I think things would be shored up if you put Greg there. It would be interesting to see if they did move Martin because, I mean, Bill O'Brien loves that versatility word with his offensive linemen. So you think that maybe he could try it out, but I'd be surprised. I, I get what you guys are saying, but they have invested so much in Nick Martin. And I, I think they would rather try and stick it out and try and see if he can improve than move him. Cause I think if they move on, it's going to be, like you said, I mean, a, a feeling like a big failure after drafting him in the second round. So we'll see. But those are good points that you guys made. I don't think Brian Gain cares at this point because Brian Gain didn't draft him. It's not his guy. And and I think that's a, that's going to be a big part of it. But, I mean, when you look at the at the Texans offensive line, you know, it, it all starts at center. And, and Nick Martin seems to have problems 
you know, run blocking. He seems to have problems pass blocking. He's just so inconsistent. And just having a center that would be consistent would be a huge deal for these guys. And, you know, also, I, I can't go through this. Uh, we're like, you know, I don't know, 16, 17 minutes into this thing without saying that, look, Deshaun, he's getting hit and everything like that. But Deshaun's got to be smarter. Protect the football. You know, he's got to feel the pass rush coming at times. You know, how many fumbles did he have in this game? Then that stupid throw at the end of the half, which he's done about, it seems like, 10 times this year where he just throws it up for grabs in the end zone with no reason. And and you you blow three points. That's three points you could have had on the board um, that might have, you know, helped you win this game. It could have uh, put another nail in the coffin for the Bills after the first half. But instead, he doesn't. Um, I, I heard from the people that were at the game. It sounds like, uh, you know, Sean Ryan, the quarterback's, coach he was you know he was coming after him pretty hard you know at at the half so and for good reason I mean Deshaun's got to be he's got to be smarter he he doesn't have a concussion this year but sometimes I wonder because he plays like he has a concussion at times well I'm not going to go that far but I will say that you definitely have to get these end zone heaves that are not working I mean look he has the deep threats on this team so you and you know he has faith in the guys but their smarter plays can be made like you said at the end of the half that is three points and I know you want to go for it all, but you're up 10 nothing. Maybe you get three, and then you're getting the ball back at the at the start of the second half. But it is it is frustrating to see those throws. So his decision-making, and I think he would say this, like he's he would admit that he's got to improve on the decision-making. But that's also part of the fun of Deshaun Watson. He loves those deep balls, so you know he's going to try for them. But there's a time and place, and he's got to be a little bit better. Will Fuller, you know, I'm scared to death. It's it's almost time to put him in bubble wrap or something like that because it just feels like every time you send him out on the field, uh, is he going to be injured by the end of the game? What's going to happen? Uh, just want to mention that in the second quarter, one thing that I noticed, Deshaun had him on a deep throw. It could have been a touchdown. It looked like Deshaun overthrew him. But if you watch that replay, Fuller slowed down. If Fuller had kept going full speed, that's six right there. Uh, but overall, I mean, what Will Fuller can do for your offense is great, but it's just so frustrating because it seems like every other game, it's like, oh, what, what's what's going on with Will Fuller? You know, is he going to make it for to next week? Is he going to play the rest of the season? You know, it's just, it's it's gotten real frustrating, and it's too bad because he's such a threat and he's become such a good wide receiver. I think that that tantalizing word is always like that type of thing. He really has that talent. And when you watch him, you're like, man, when this is right, it's so right. But when it is it's hard because he does he has that speed but those hamstrings just don't seem to be there the way that he would want them to be and you don't want to give up on his talent right because I mean, he, he really does have it and you can see when it works i mean that that three the three guys that they had out there today hopkins fuller and qt i mean that is a powerful combination that you, you could have a lot of success with if they're healthy and and it's it's frustrating because you know that Fuller wants to be there. I mean that play that draws the um, that draws the pass interference. I mean he he did come up with a with a big catch earlier in that drive, I believe, and then to to draw that. And if I, I saw him come back into the game, so I think that's probably a a good sign. Mm-hmm. But anytime he goes down, there's always that like hold your breath moment where you're just hoping that he gets up because it's been such a struggle for him early in his career with the Texans. The other thing about Deshaun and and getting rid of the football, we were talking about that. But Deshaun has got to look for QT more. He he's open. He he he's open a lot. He missed him when he was open on, on one play where he got the, one of the sack fumbles. He had 
QT if he just gets rid of it quickly. And there's just too many times where Deshaun's holding and holding and holding the ball. Sometimes, you know, he's just going to have to make the quick read, the quick decision. And QT is, he's the guy that's going to be open in those situations. And he's going to have to just start looking for him. And he's going to have to realize, hey, this is the offensive line that I've got. I can't sit back there and wait for the big play every time like I did in college. It's just not going to work that way, especially not with this offensive line. Sometimes you just got to play with what you have, Brian. They were covering Cutie uh, pretty well toward the end, you know, because we were trying to make the big play, you know, to try to, you know, to score and win the game at that point. And, you know, and, and it certainly didn't happen. But what I do want to talk about, too, is as, as far as special teams, just want to go back there a little bit. You know, uh, Peter Columbay, you know, he he really started to flash a bit there. You know, it was it was a key punt. And, you know, Fairbairn had kicked it all the way to the Buffalo seven. And, you know, it ended up at the nine. But Columbay just got right on that guy and just just tackled him down and you know he didn't get back up and that almost was a muff punt as well by the way he you know it it, it, it was looking pretty bad but uh, I just want to say that that Peter looked really good you know I've got a lot of faith in him and you know where those guys are going to shine especially with Brennan Charlotte Brennan Scarlett I apologize uh, he's going they're, they're definitely going to look good out there and um, I'm just really really impressed you know with the way special teams uh, have played today yeah you you like Peter a lot. Don't don't you? You're a big Peter Peter Columbay fan. <laughs> what, what, oh, yes. one, yep. one last, I got one last thing I want to get to in just a second on Deshaun and the offense because there, there's something that's been bugging me, and, I, and we've talked about it, but uh, you you saw it more in this game than any game. It was like this is something that the Texans don't do well. But first, just want to remind everybody that if you're enjoying the show, tell your friends and support us by sharing our show links with your social media followers. That would be Fantastic. Also, take a few seconds, rate us on iTunes, email us, LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments. We'll, we'll get back to you. We're going to put your questions on the show if you do that. And, uh, hey, the Texans, uh, if you were there on Sunday, it was a fun game. It went down to the wire. You, you enjoyed yourself, and you, you don't just want to watch them from home when you could be at NRG Stadium in person thanks to Vivid Seats. They offer great prices for NFL games, all live events for that matter, and our listeners receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. If you're a first-time customer, just use our exclusive promo code Locked On. That's Locked On, all one word, all Vivid Seats customers or confirmed orders, I should say, are backed by 100% guarantee. Go to vividseats.com or download the app. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers. It's a great way to save money the next time you go to a game or any live event for that matter. And Vivid Seats, they want to help you get to the game. All right, guys, this has uh, been a pet peeve of mine with Bill O'Brien and Michael uh, Brian and I have talked about it, but I just want to get your thoughts because, you know, they keep throwing screen passes, I don't know, for 4 billion years, and, and it never seems to work real well for the Texans. And they're always throwing these screen passes to the receivers. They're going wide and in bad situations inside the 20, inside the 30, inside the 10, places where it doesn't work. When the screen pass that the Texans need is that one to the running back where you let the uh, the defense come through your O-line and you it's a set design screen. You throw it over the top and and you get everybody off to Sean for a little bit. They did it once in this game, but instead they were trying a couple of other screen passes to wide receivers 
where that's not going to get anybody off to Sean Watson. And I don't understand why this isn't more of a go-to for Bill O'Brien. And even the broadcasters were saying that the Bills defensive coordinator, they were talking to him and they go, yeah, the Texans just don't run screen passes. The, the defensive coordinator for the other team is telling the broadcasters that. The hope you have to have is that once Deontay Foreman comes back, maybe if he starts uh, you know, carrying a little bit more of the load, then that'll open up things more for Lamar Miller as, as a pass catching role, which is what he's better at. Um, I mean, and Foreman showed signs last year that he's good in the screen game as well. So you have to hope that once he gets back, that could be a, a part that gets in there. Um, I don't know if previously the Texans had all the right players to run the screen game that you guys want. I mean, Alfred blue is not the best. I mean, he, he runs it, but not the fastest guy. You get someone like, uh, you get Lamar Miller doing it. And I, I know you mentioned it earlier, but I like the wide receiver screens when QT is involved. I mean, that guy just anytime the ball is in his hands, it's exciting. So I get what you guys are saying, um, but I'm not going to give up on the screen game just yet. I think there's still a chance that they could do it a little bit better. It seemed that Alfred Blue was able to have more success uh, with the screen passes than, than Lamar Miller. I mean, there was a nice one that he had, I believe, at the beginning of the second half uh, that he was able to get a nice gain uh, off of. So I don't know why that's the case, but, uh, you know, Blue, he has his moments. But again, that's why you have Lamar Miller. That's why he's your number one back. But uh, obviously, we could do better than what we have right now. We've talked about it in previous shows, but uh, but yeah, I, I I would love to see more of that as well. Yeah, the the one the one you were talking about, Brian, with Alfred Blue, that's exactly the one that I'm talking about because okay, that's gotcha. that's the one that you're you're letting the defense kind of you're letting them kind of come at you and and that over aggressiveness <laughs> work against them. And then you throw it over the top to blue and then that makes them back off a little bit. They're not, they just don't have their ears pinned back at Deshaun Watson, especially if you run that over to the left side with, you know, Davenport and Kelamete. I'm sorry. They're, they're just bad at pass blocking. That's, that's the bad side. So if they're going to get over aggressive, especially that side's going to be the place. Fulton has been better at pass blocking. Lamb, you know, obviously wasn't great today, but his pass blocking has been better than most of the right tackles that the Texans have had and, and the tackles in general that the Texans have had. So the left side to me is where you want to run that to a degree and just get those guys a little bit off your back. They, I think they may have run that one you're talking about to the right side. And that's because I think Lamb was getting, you know, he was getting burned pretty bad a couple of times. Uh, and that was the case, but you know, that's exactly this type of screen I'm talking about. That's what they don't seem to want to, to want to use. Um, we haven't talked, I guess, about the defense too much. Um, obviously they, they, they played well overall, but this is the, the Buffalo bills. Again, I think the only thing that I get frustrated with is when the Texans go into zone, when they're not aggressive, when they're not coming after the quarterback, I, I, I like the way they were playing today for the most part for the first three most of the first three quarters where you know you had five six guys in the box and you're moving guys in and out and you don't know who's going to come after uh josh allen or, or nate peterman or whatever and a, a little late in the game i felt it was a little bit soft um but they got lucky i mean you know you got nate peterman at quarterback and he, he gives you the pick six and and J. joe we got to mention J. Joe because J. Joe's had a really good two weeks after a lot of people were like, oh, he's washed up. He's terrible. 
Yeah, I, I didn't think he was going to be the guy that was going to be the hero for this game because obviously, even though it wasn't the game-winning pick, it was the one that gave the Texas the momentum because it seemed like from there the defense, you know, nothing was going to to shake them. Nothing was going to. It was it was know, the game-winning pick. It was the game-winning pick. I mean that that gave him the touchdown to win the game. What are you talking about? That yeah, Kareem got one to ice it, but yeah, that that was the game winner. See, that's debatable, though. That's debatable, though. People are going to say Kareem. Some people are going to say uh, J. Joe. But I would have to say that Jonathan Joseph's pick was the momentum shifter. Oh, to me, it was the clincher. When I saw that, I mean, because they were – it was tied. It was a tied game. And uh, you think that – heck, I mean, Buffalo goes down there. I think the decision was you – know, I think it was second down, right? And so if huh? if Buffalo had gotten a couple of good plays and then uh, they go and get a field goal – what was what was going to happen? But that was such a big play by Jonathan Joseph. This this type of win from the defense reminds me of what they were doing in O'Brien's first three years in 14, 15, and 16 when they went 9-7 and seven each of those three years. They would play these teams at home, and some of them were not the best teams in the NFL, and they would struggle, and they would struggle, but somehow they found a way to win, and the defense would be a major factor in that, and that's what this was. I mean, you needed that play because, look, they go. let's just say that the Bills go down there and get a field goal what were the Texans left with in order to try and come back and, and, and tie the game? They were maybe to have 20 seconds left or something like that, or the opposite side, let's say they make a defensive play and then it's third down. So they called the timeout, they make another one. And then the Texans are left with hypothetically around a minute, a minute left to try and do something. That was just such a better result. That's what Texans fans could have only dreamed of seeing the pick six, you get up seven. So worst comes the worst. You can you're gonna basically gonna be tied going into overtime if somehow Buffalo ended up coming back and scoring and then Kareem sealed it. So I think that Jonathan Joseph play was just massive. I mean, I, I was thinking I knew I was gonna come on with you guys. I texted Robert right then. I said, just gigantic play. I mean, you just it's a play you had to have. And there was Jonathan Joseph, one of the team favorites, team leaders. He was there and, and made the play. I hate to say it. I really do hate to say it because, you know, I love Deshaun Watson, but, you know, I, I did not want to see that offense out there in those last, you know, that last minute there because I knew something bad was going to happen. With the game that he had had today, I, I'm just so glad that the defense was able to come up big. Well, you know what? Nathan Peterman gets the game ball because, you know, he can. <laughs> seems like somebody's been gift wrapping wins. These the past three wins, somebody gifts wraps. Uh, Frank Reich. Uh, Jason Garrett, and now Nathan Peterman. I mean, it, it, it's great. I mean, I'll take it. We're three and three, and we're back in the race. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as you know, every win in the NFL, it's a tough league, guys. So, <laughs> hey, win's a win. No, say it. You know he's going to say it. <laughs> we're not thinking about this week, guys. we got to worry about next week, and uh, we're just going to continue to work hard, and i got to be better as a coach. And uh, i got to coach better. <laughs> yeah, got to coach better. Got to <laughs> – Got to, you know, we got to play better, no doubt about that. But yeah, it's going to get a little bit more difficult. We're going to step it up a little bit in competition. Jaguars, the Jags uh, next week, uh, that should be interesting. Dolphins are maybe a better team than I guess people thought a little bit, but that's you know you would think that's maybe they could come out of the next two games maybe four and four, and then I guess it just gets interesting from there because you got Broncos and Redskins and Titans and Browns. Uh, so yeah, that's, it's going to be an interesting next few weeks for sure. Um, Deshaun, by the way, I, I didn't mention his, uh, overall numbers on the day. Uh, let's 15 for 25, 177 yards, 61.6 passer rating. Ugh. Um, Deandre Hopkins, just that catch early in the game, the touchdown. I don't know what else to say about him. We're out, we're out of adjectives, but the guy 
is awesome, ridiculous, crazy good, fantastic. That was amazing. Uh, he did what he he did. He had a tough day against uh, one of the best cornerbacks in white in, in, in the league. But, uh, you know, he still managed to change the game, not only with his catching, but drawing penalties, which he seems to be one of the best at in the NFL. So you got to give him props for that. Uh, QT with uh, three catches for 33 yards. Fuller for two catches, 33 yards. Uh, Blue had a couple of catches. Um, Aikens had a catch. Uh so, yeah, that, that, that's kind of how he dispersed it out there. Lamar Miller, 15 carries, 46 yards, three yards a carry. I, 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 he was getting some chunk yards, and then the offensive line would break down, and they would get him in the backfield. Blue, seven carries, uh, 26 yards. So just some of the stats to roll on. Uh, last thing I wanted to hit on, guys, is, uh, you know, I took, a, I took a Locked On Texans Twitter poll. I asked our followers, why isn't there more interest in the Texans right now? Because you feel, you could feel it. There just isn't. You know, we had two, 220 people reply to this, and I gave them, here were the four responses. You tell me who, who you thought would, would win this poll. I said, is it ownership, the coach, the talent, or is it the Astros? Why isn't there more interest in the Texans right now? I would say at like, this very moment this week, I mean, yeah, the Astros are a big part of it. I mean, just – it's so exciting what they're doing and, and you want to watch those games all the time. And, it, but I would, I'd say there is that there's also a belief, you know, there's a belief that the Astros can do it. I mean, I just don't think that you can be an honest fan. Well, you know, fans can think whatever, you know, fans are good at that. But if you honestly look at this team and say, this is a team that's capable of winning a Super Bowl, it's just, I just don't think that it's, it's there. And as exciting as Deshaun Watson was last year, we haven't seen that same excitement just yet this year. Um, you know, he's still coming back from his injury, all that kind of, kind of thing. So I think that's, that's a part of it. I think the other part is, you know, you, you went through the schedule earlier. I don't, you don't look at the schedule and just say to yourself, oh yeah, the Texans are for sure going to win this game. They're for sure going to win that game. There's just, I think you go into every game wondering, is there a chance they're going to win or not? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like you're watching a team that you think is going to finish 13 and three and has the capability of blowing over. This isn't watching the Kansas city chiefs or the LA Rams where you expect them to win pretty much every game they play. And I think that's, that's part of it. I mean, it's hard to get excited for a team that seems destined for potentially six and 10, seven and nine, you know, on, on a, on a bright, on a bright day. I think that maybe eight and eight would be ideal for them. Nine and seven. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think that the, the 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 one that won the poll is definitely the coach. And there's not anybody that I've talked to that has said that, oh, Bill O'Brien's a great coach. He should be here. He deserves that extension. Now, you now you heard me say that <laughs> at the end of last season. I was like, yeah, let's go in and get Bill O'Brien an extension. I didn't say give him, you know, four more years. I, I You know, I would say maybe two more years or something like that. But, you know, it was working between he and Deshaun Watson during those stretch of uh, seven games last season. I was like, why don't we run it back between but he and Bill? I didn't expect to see this this year. So, you know, I have to backpedal uh, on that. But that's probably your number one answer, Rob, the coaching. It won out. You're right. 45%, uh, 33%. Astros was number two. Uh, talent, 3%. So everybody thinks the talent is their ownership, 19%. You know, if, if it's a different week and Bob McNair is making one of his strange comments or something like that, maybe uh, that gets a higher percentage or something like that. But it comes down to Bill O'Brien, who 
you know, took three timeouts into halftime. And it just, it was one of those deals where I'm like, what again, Bill O'Brien, just use your timeouts, man. Why not? He had three timeouts. Buffalo had the ball. If you, if you had, there's like 26 seconds left, but if you take three timeouts, you assume Buffalo's not going to move, move the ball because they're Buffalo and, and your defense was playing pretty well. And what do the odds that something really bad happens with 26 seconds left on defense with Josh Allen and that offense? So take the three timeouts, make them punt. You've already blocked one punt. You, you put in the punt block and you see if you can make it happen right at the end of the half. But Bill O'Brien just, you know, he's like, no, I, I want my timeouts. I get a bonus at the end of the year. The more timeouts I keep going into halftime or, or the end of the game. I don't get what he's doing out there using timeouts and just everything. Strategy. He's just, it's, it's a, it, you know, every week he just does something that's just, you scratch your head going, what's going on with this guy? You know, I didn't sign up for this, or I'm pretty sure Bob McNair didn't sign up for this. But, you know, he can go in because he knows that he has security. I mean, there's no there's no way, there's no chance that Bill O'Brien would get fired. Now, if he does this and we're going through and it's, you know, his third, you know, what, two years after now, and he's still, we're, we're mediocre, we're not getting any better, then you can go on and fire him. But now it's not going to make, uh, you know, any any sense to do that. And I think if if they do it now, I think the Texas stand to lose to pay him a lot of money. I mean, you're talking multi-million dollars now. You know, they don't usually release how much coaches make, but I imagine it's a lucrative deal because I think all the assistants are all part of that. So, you know, Bill O'Brien's not going anywhere. We're just going to have to live with it. And, and, I, and I understand all the things that you're saying about, about Bill O'Brien, but yeah. I always go back to this point. Like last year, let's say they fire him. Do you think he gets a job? And I think he would have. I mean, yeah. has he been the coach that you – has he been this amazing QB guru, amazing offensive mind that, that a lot of fans thought he was when they got him? No, he hasn't. But, I mean, outside of last year, 9-7, and 9-7, 9-7, is it awesome? No, it's not awesome. But it's hard to just be like he's a terrible coach. And, and I get all the things you guys are saying, and, and you make valid points. Is he an issue? Could he be better? 100%. But I just don't think he's an awful coach. He just does make some questions. He make there's absolutely questioning calls that you you wondering why why are they going to do that? But that's almost every coach. I mean, every coach has their their pluses and minuses. I mean, Andy Reid right now is being praised, but I mean, how many times have you asked what the heck is Andy Reid doing with play clock management? So I get what you guys are saying. I don't think it benefits them this year to get rid of him midway through the season. I just don't see how a Romeo Cornell interim head coach ends up being a success for the Texans. So it's hard to win this football league. It's so hard to win, you know? <laughs> and I mean, I do <laughs> joke about that, that but I mean, I, I, I joke about it cause he says it all the time, but I mean, to be fair to him, I mean, he's got a point, you know, and you'd rather take, a, yeah. you'd rather take a win over Buffalo than a loss. So, so you think he gets a head coaching job if the Texans had got rid of him last year? I think there's a good chance. Yeah, I agree. Yes. I don't know. Only, to me, it's like only if Romeo is coming with him, because what, what's he bring to the table besides Romeo? I mean, it, what has he done offensively to, with anything? Yeah, but remember last year, last year he was coming off of that, that spark with Deshaun. So yeah. it looked like something more. Yeah. And I, and I think, but I, I still think there would have been some wariness about that because, you know, offensively they, they didn't do a whole lot. He wasn't much of a guru. Uh, with with any of those guys that he had before, and I I don't know. I mean, there there was just a lot of question marks as far as I mean the fact that he 
you know, that he didn't even use himself as an offensive coordinator for a couple of years. And it took him a couple of years to figure out that the offensive coordinator that he, he was using was, was not any good. I mean, that that's another part of it, but Oh, well, I mean, that's it. Uh, but hey, Robert, they won today. So be excited. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> excitement is tempered a little bit, but yeah, they, they won, I guess they're three and three. They're three, Hey, three in a row. One of the hottest teams in the NFL. What, what can I say? But uh, <laughs> watch a play. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, thanks so much for doing this, uh, Michael. Uh, that is the end of the postgame show. Appreciate you stepping in with us. Maybe we could do this again with you. Would love to have you back. And yeah, Thanks for having me, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, you can get more of our content on LockedOnTexans.com. Andy Rio, Calvin Crawford, Brandon Gimple, all doing great work over there. Look for Brian's work on HouseOfHouston.com. Me and RG, we're giving you post game over on Houston Sports Talk after every Astros postseason game. You don't want to miss that. As far as this one, that's all we got tomorrow. Special guest. Guess what? Seth Payne joins us. He is scheduled to join us tomorrow night. You're not going to want to miss that one. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get up, get up.